Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Nick Cavuto. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, a life unscripted for our Life After COVID series. I'm so grateful to have you here today. And we're going to talk about something very important that, uh, as the description of the title of this show will say, the entrepreneur epidemic. Honest conversations most entrepreneurs are unwilling to have about money, success, and failure. Wow. Like I said before the interview, we could spend hours on that. But before we get started on this very important topic, share with the audience a little bit about your backstory into the biz world. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you, first of all, Christina, for having me. I appreciate it so much. I'm honored to be here. So um, thank you again. And yeah, I mean, really looking at my story within business, um, I actually started, I was a, a pastor. So I started in vocational ministry, which is a weird entry point. I feel like a lot of people go through life in business and then they're like, you know, maybe I'll do philanthropy work or spiritual, you know, leadership or something. I kind of did it in reverse. So I started there at 20 years old and um, my focus was really on, you know, helping people who were in need. You know, I was in, I had dropped out of college twice, uh, asked not to come back. You know, I didn't really have my life on the right track when I was 18, 19 years old. And uh, for me, it was because I didn't really understand my purpose. And I think our purpose is fueled by our past. And a lot of times the things that we go through in life can be jet fuel, you know, to really propel us forward in life. Uh, but for me, it just was the early stages of experiencing failure and experiencing challenge and and kind of having a harder road. And I said, well, if I'm not going to figure out what I'm going to do in life right now when it comes to education or, you know, my career, well, the best thing I can do is, I guess, go help others. And uh, it was my default response of what I assumed to be failure was just go give a gift to people. And uh, ever since that point, that's how I've decided to live my life. And uh, being a pastor was a cool thing. I mean, in my early 20s, I was experiencing, you know, people who were going through a lot of life challenges of, uh, you know, losing loved ones or going through divorce or these things and being 23, 24 years old around that table, managing eight-figure budgets. I mean, I had a lot of permission very early in life uh, through that lens and also had a high level of spiritual awareness to how that translates to people and human behavior. And that's the business that I got into was people. And um, that became a superpower uh, as I went through business. So that was kind of the, the first seven years uh, of my career. And then I went into Fortune 500 and venture capitalist stuff in Boston and New York and, and really made an imprint uh, in digital marketing. But the thesis, Christina, that's important mm -hmm. is that I spent a lot of time understanding people. And uh, that's the superpower. You know, one thing I'm picking up from you, I'm wondering, you mentioned uh, as far as finding your purpose, does that play a part not only in your experiences, but in your gifts and talents that you've been granted by God? Or is that just secondary? And then my other question that I'm really curious about is how much did spirituality play a part in actually helping you be a better entrepreneur? Yeah. So, you know, spirituality for me, when it came to purpose specifically, um, I think that, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, how do I find my purpose? And, and I'll just say like, your purpose is every 14 seconds. <laughs> You're right inside of it right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like one of those things that we have to choose to see. Uh, and although it's not apparent to everyone, it, it is a conscious decision to understand that you're living through it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when, it came, when it came to purpose and, and for myself, when I really asked myself a deeper question, uh, I figured out it was the thing that I did 
unconsciously. So it's like this unconscious behavior as a child. I was always very giving. And my parents used to always say, you're always so thoughtful and so giving towards others. It was the thing. I would find something and bring it to a kid next door who didn't have much. Or, you know, I'd be aware. I had an unconscious awareness to people who were in need. So it just was a default when I got broken enough to go like, well, what do I want to do? I just want to give. And and it became a default mechanism. So um, for me, my purpose is to give a gift to humanity. That's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And how I do that, the how is like following the cloud. It's like, I don't know, it kind of just solves itself. It's my way of being that allows me to operate within that gift. Mm -hmm. And that's the cool thing. A gift is something that you give freely without expectation of return. And, um, at the same time, uh, a lot of people value that and they see that in you and it creates a great dynamic for entrepreneurship when you can leverage your gifting as the thing that generates resources. Most people though, and this is part of the entrepreneur's epidemic Hmm. is they think they lack skill and they don't lack skill. They lack belief. Belief is the ultimate secret sauce to winning an entrepreneurship that most people do not talk about. Now explain that for me. Go deeper, like belief. How yeah. does that play a part in stopping people? from? Absolutely. So there's three things as far as equations that are responsible for generating high results in business or in life, but certainly in the context we're having a conversation with and is in business. Intense emotion plus belief plus action equal results. I'm going to say that again. Intense emotion plus beliefs plus action equals results. And there's parallels here that you're going to see. And for those who have maybe had a foundational upbringing and and, uh, maybe a a faith uh, upbringing, you're going to see the parallels. But the idea is that most entrepreneurs experience high levels of challenge with a perceived low level of skill. We call that anxiety. (laughs) You ever ever feel like you're like, I got to get all this done and I got to get it done today? It is this feeling that I don't have what's required to get across the finish line. And at the same time, I have very real challenges, whether it's rent or a client delivery or something that you really want to accomplish in a high sense of purpose and passion, and you feel stuck. I equate stuck with feeling dead. What does that do? Increases the emotion, right? Mm -hmm. So immediately we take stuck as being... I don't know. I have no traction. I'm frustrated. I can't solve this problem to actually an object that is not in motion is dead. Mm -hmm. So there's a different level of, oh my goodness, that requires resuscitation, which may require some belief and then some action as well. So I I get people to look on that scale and go from a scale of zero to 10, how, how, how do you feel right now with your, your intense belief? Some people might leverage frustration or anger or whatever it is, or euphoric. They're man, I feel like I have so much to give and I'm so excited and I'm so passionate. That's intense emotion as well. But what's the intense emotion that you're grabbing onto? What is your belief, which is your ability to be able to see what's possible and truly believe it? And then the last one is action. And that's the idea that faith of that works is dead. If we're not applying belief and action together with some level of emotion, then we'll never get to the results that we want. And the funny thing is skill is nowhere in there. Most people are far skilled beyond what they realize. Uh, They're just lacking belief. Yeah. So I heard something in your description here that emotion plays a big part in you understanding where you are in the belief scale. What's holding Mm -hmm. you back? I heard that intense emotion. Explain that more for me. Yeah, I think, you know, um, some people like, and I saw this one when I exited ministry and I remember the last day I had a panic attack. I mean, I don't, again, I don't talk about this often, but we're here to have raw conversation. So the last uh, day that I worked in ministry, I had a panic attack under a desk 
because I realized that people had become a commodity to the organization that I was a part of. Mm. Swap them in, swap them out. If they don't want to do, I mean, we grew it from a thousand to 10,000 people in five years. I mean, that's the scale of production over a thousand live events. uh, I hosted over that five or six year period. And um, the intense emotion of feeling what uh, the fracture point of high relational connection with people created for me, uh, it wasn't a towel spin of I'm going to prove everyone wrong. But I had intense emotion of like, I need to solve the problem because I spent the last six years of ministry, not in business. Mm-hmm. And now I have a child and I'm married and I need to go f- solve the problem. And so it required me to have some level of, you know, what was I leveraging? You know, some people will get really upset about something and angry about something. They'll leverage a chip on their shoulder to go solve a problem. Good. It actually is required. Emotion that's intense is required. Mm-hmm. And so um, in this flow model that I've created, the, the way to get out of uncertainty and the way to get out of anxiety and into flow, which is high levels of money-making activities, zone and genius and stuff, it typically requires excitement. Mm-hmm. Another way to say it is arousal, where there's like this higher, in, this endorphin sense of like, I am so pumped. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful. Um, we can leverage whatever emotion we want, but the better the emotion, typically the better the outcome. And so that's part of the hacking through that process is going like pick an emotion that will drive high arousal, high excitement that will get you into a place of where you can give an incredible gift. And that's part of the equation. And most people, uh, you know, our brains are nearly fried on a dopamine level because of social media and all these other things that bring in all these connections that we don't have enough presence in the moment presence to find true gratitude, true acceptance, true excitement to say, wow, I am so blessed. I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. How can I now go give the world my best? And how can I do that in such a way that would bless others? So we're missing that component. Mm -hmm. Even people who believe that things are possible, if they're missing that positive energy, uh, it makes it a lot more difficult. I love that you went here, Nick. This recalls for me many years ago, I was in that stuck mode, that dead mode you mentioned. And I was not having very good results with my clients. And I remember when you go before someone and you've got that, mm, things aren't going well, I really need to make this deal happen. That that sense of dread comes across. And the person might not know why, but they're like, I don't want to work with this person. And I had gotten to the point where I was praying a lot. And I, I felt like, you know, I know you're there for me, God, but I, you know, that belief was was faltering. So I I remember the next meeting I had to go into, I was going to say, you know, I'm going to go in before I go in, I'm going to just pray a prayer of gratitude. I'm going to think from gratitude. I'm so grateful. I I have a roof over my head. I have a honey bunny over here. Mm -hmm. I'm a beautiful dog. You know, let's just look at what I'm grateful for instead of I need this deal right now to pay rent or something. And lo and behold, that deal did go through. It was a very profitable um, Right relationship for three years. Uh, but the point is, I recall for that moment, the switch was me going in just beforehand to remember to be in gratitude. So I, I'm finding that to be a very essential key if I'm getting you correctly. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I love that story. And I celebrate your courage in the moment to do that. Um, the things that, that entrepreneurs need to recall in these scenarios too, and, and something that you experienced that you're mentioning and what I've experienced as well, is that, you know, generating resources is the consequence of doing what you love well, right? Like at the, at the end of the day, that's what it is. That's what profitability is. That's what revenue is. It's the consequence of doing what you love well. Now, the opposite side of that 
uh, when we're looking at like the, the uh, transfer of money is a transfer of energy. So if we take dollars and cents out of it, I always never look at my bank account. Like it's not real. It's fake. They're just numbers. It doesn't really matter. It's just a game. So I'm like, so what is it really? It's a transfer of energy. And what is energy? It's a transfer of polarizing positive, negative. It's also a transfer of trust. And so when we show up with energy that is in flow, meaning it's in high performance, money-making activities, there's a lot of clarity, there's celebration, there's positive things, and you're not in scarcity, fear, or anxiety, or uh, uncertainty, uh, you'll attract that money to you very simply. And it, it is a transfer of energy, it's a transfer of trust. And when we view it that way, then we can quiz ourselves, like you probably did before that call, saying, Okay, if I show up how I'm showing up right now, what is that? What's going to come across? What's their spidey sense going to say? And it might say that I'm, uh, you know, unsure or I'm not confident about this thing or whatever. Two things that are required to close the most amount of deals are confidence and competence. And most people have the competence thing. uh, And if they don't, they're just lacking clarity. And the confidence thing comes from your belief and it comes from uh, the intense emotion that you feel. When you really feel like you want to give a gift and help others, Mm -hmm. it comes from a place of humility where they could be like, you know, it's not right for us. And you're like, that's no problem. Who else do you know? Because I'm on mission. I'm on mission now. I'm ready to go change the world. So who else you got? You know, and it just, it it exudes something very different. You said something very important that I, 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 often did not do this. And I've heard this from several people who are very successful. If I'm with someone and they're not ready to make a deal with me for whatever reason, it's no personal reason, they're just not ready. I would say, great. Do you know anyone else I could help? And that's like leaving the money on the table that most entrepreneurs just don't even think to ask. It's like, okay, great. We're not ready to work together. Do you know anyone else I can help? And because everyone has uh, at least 100 people in their database or with they, that they know closely. And if they built that trust with you and they feel comfortable with you, they would totally like refer you to someone else. Yeah, 100%. And, and a lot of times it's just that rejection uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs who are, you know, uh, there's a lot of different profiles, but many who are out in front in marketing and sales typically have a creator profile and wealth dynamics or a star profile. Mm-hmm. So rejection comes very hard to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they take it personally when someone says, I don't want to buy this from you, even if it's be- if it's because they wanted something that was blue and you had something that was, you know, orange. Uh, it's just, that's not what they were looking for, but we take it to heart because our identity is wrapped up so much in what we do because we have ignored so much of who we are. Uh, that's a fracture point. So, so yeah, uh, training over a thousand entrepreneurs. I mean, this is a conversation that comes up quite a bit, uh, is identity and worthiness inside of the entrepreneur's journey. So So you just mentioned something else that probably a lot of people are unwilling, as we said, unwilling to talk about and, and, and have that honest conversation about, which is really the essence of this is really getting to know yourself first before you go out there and, and become the entrepreneur to actually be the best you can be and, and present your gifts in the best possible manner. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Christina, the, the, the idea is that life and business are a mirror to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny what shows up in our personal life of things that we want to work on or do better on. It's funny how they show up in our client relationships too, right? It's like, cause we're dealing with the same individual and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's the reason why I love entrepreneurship is because entrepreneurs are typically committed to the highest version of themselves mm-hmm. because we are the odd people on this planet who are willing to, uh, sustain the pressure uh, 
and also the constant uh, universal course correction, meaning from bi or omnidirectional. How can I improve my spiritual life? How can I improve my client relationships? How can I improve my relationship with my kids or my spouse or my friends? I mean, the, the amount of inputs of things that we need to optimize or become better at uh, it takes a special person to be able to shoulder the weight of that amount of uh, opportunity, let's call it. And um, so, yeah, so with entrepreneurs, it's it's one of those things where uh, a lot of times the, the, the idea of entrepreneurship is leveraged as uh, personal development and really the ability to become the best versions of who we are. And, um, and they do have a duality. And so I often encourage people, you know, it's, it's whatever is going to show up in your personal life will show up in your business and vice versa, leverage them together to become the best version of who you are so that you can create the most amount of good in the world. I mean, I have one objective and it's to get people out of uncertainty who are entrepreneurs and into generosity. Cause if I can give them out of uncertainty and into generosity, it's amazing what happens through that process. And I will tell you again, after going through it so many times, it has to do with belief. It has to do with excitement. It has to do with release of letting stuff go personally, professionally, spiritually, letting stuff go, putting in the hands of the right people uh, so that you can really operate from a place of where you're rather unhinged that you don't have anchors pulling you down of past experiences or of, you know, future promises. It's, it can come in a lot of different ways and it always comes back down to being present in the moment. I'm getting present in the moment from you, but also a big part of it being in service. You, you've mentioned service mm-hmm. a lot in, in this chat. And I think it's when you're coming from that viewpoint that I'm not just an entrepreneur, here's my widget to sell or my bikes to sell, but here I'm here to present a gift to people, a gift. And that, that attitude is, is coming from, I'm not just selling you something, I'm gifting the world. And I think it just changed the attitude completely if you come at it that way. Am I getting it correctly? Yeah. Um, you know, when COVID hit, and this is part of the title of this conversation, but um, when COVID hit, I lost a half a million dollars in two days. Whoa. And most people don't experience that level of a sucker punch. Um, but that happened. And and that was not in the stock market. That was through client relationships. Um, so I had a choice. Uh, that was uh, rather around March 15th, 17th, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a choice. Um, you know, my household didn't change. The school my kids go to didn't change. My car payments didn't change. Uh, everything stayed the same. And I had to make a very conscious decision in that moment. And I mean, there's so much more story around that. Uh, opportunities that slipped away. And I mean, just so many things. And I had to make a, a, a conscious decision to say, I'm going to be of service. Um, and sometimes I, I say it this way, God will, he'll poke you, then he'll prod you, then he'll push you, then he'll punch you. <laughs> That's the sequence. So our awareness will then activate our, the questioning of what's our responsibility in the moment, which will then activate what do we need to communicate or change in the world or in the way that we're viewing a situation. So for me, I made a very simple decision and I said, okay, I'm going to be of service. I need to show up and be of service. And so I believe service over selling and I believe transformation over transaction. That's the way that I live my life in entrepreneurship. And that's the way I try to live my life in every format, but that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. So I remember posting inside of my community. So just within, you know, there's about a thousand houses in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So I posted inside of our community. Hey, I know there's a lot of people who might be experiencing a lot of different things right now. I want to host a mastermind for the next six weeks, just once a week. And just to support anybody who's going through anything, I just think collectively we can solve problems better than, 
you know, individually when there's so much uncertainty. It's totally free. I just want to facilitate and host a group if anyone's interested. And I had eight uh, people who joined that group. Uh, and one of them was uh, a guy named Tony Grebmeyer, who now is my uh, mentor and uh, has helped me tremendously this year. Um, you know, it's funny who you have joined these companies. He has a, uh, he's an entrepreneur, started in 2000, uh, year 2000 in his garage, um, has an extremely valuable company, uh, extremely. Not the type of person who you think would join one of these little free groups for a neighborhood community. Um, but what I learned was that his value set was the same. And he understood that this was an opportunity for him to be of service and contribution to others. And that's a way that he lives his life. And um, I love the acres of diamonds approach, which suggests that you already have everything around you that you need in order to be successful. Uh, it's just that you have to see it that way. And when I provided that opportunity for transformation and for service, mm. never asked the guy a question, didn't even really know who he was. We had a lot of friends in common, but by the end of it, um, someone asked him for an opportunity, like, Hey, can I grab 45 minutes of your time to run an idea past you? And he's like, yeah, this time at my house, like you can come over Friday at, you know, five or whatever. And he's like, Oh yeah, that's not going to work for me. And I immediately was like, can I take that spot? Cause I got some things that I need to talk to you about. <laughs> and, um, and he was like, sure, man. And the other guy bowed out and I took that spot and, uh, we've been in, you know, uh, communication and he's been mentoring me every day since. That's amazing. That's a, that's a major testament. What's, what's amazing about the other guy, oh, I got something going on. It's like, dude, opportunity. But you said something interesting earlier on in our conversation, which is you won't be able to see those opportunities sometimes if your head is not in that space of service and, and opportunity and belief in the proper mm -hmm. belief. It's amazing. This has been an amazing conversation. We can go on for hours. <laughs> but I don't want to leave without everyone finding out how they can find out more about you. Nick, how can they do that? Sure. Absolutely. Well, my website is nickcavuto.com, N-I-C-K-C-A-V, like victory, U-O-T-O.com. Uh, and as well as on any social channel, you can just search Nick Cavuto and uh, you'll be sure to find me. So yeah, give me a follow on Instagram, send me a message. I always love to hear what spoke to you the most. And uh, yeah, I just love being of service, helping others. That's That's the jam. So however I can help, let me know. Thank you, Nick. Well, this has been truly a very valuable and wise conversation that I know will affect many who listen in. And I thank you so much, Nick, for coming today to share your great wisdom on Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. If you like this episode, please share. To hear more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.